helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. The Dark Ages were a time in European history marked not only by economic decline, but intellectual and cultural decline as well. While economic decline in America and the West has been fluctuating over the years, our intellectual and cultural decline has plummeted at what should be an alarming rate. Once known for our scientific prowess, America and the rest of the Western world have abandoned science in favor of a a religion of scientism replaced facts and data with political correctness, and collectively denied reality even when it slaps us in the face. In short, science and scientific method are in critical condition, with one foot in the grave and another on a banana peel. Makes you wonder, will history one day look back and see the early 2020s as the day science died? Something touched me deep inside the day the music died hello there everyday americans paul engel here with the constitution study this is where we read and study the constitution we teach the rising generation to be free we are trying to keep the constitution from dying and along with it maybe things like uh, the science reason rationality and how about just plain it's common sense. See, there's so much going on today that we I look at it and what are people thinking? Now, again, I understand that we have different points of view and, and we want different opinions. And, and I, I love when, when someone uh, uh, comes at me with a, a challenge to what I've said and they can have a reasonable, rational argument. But that seems to be so rare nowadays. When was the last time you saw a, a reasoned, rational argument about almost anything in culture today? It quickly devolves into name-calling and, and political, political party-mongering and, 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 you know, everything except a reasoned and rational discussion to search for the truth. I, I, I see this all the time. It's... it's once someone makes a statement, any challenge to that statement must immediately be defended. And rather than seeking the truth, people will work harder than you would believe to support their opinion in the face of evidence to the contrary and, and, and simply not be willing to accept it. Reminds me a lot of Bonhoeffer's definition of stupidity. Information that contradicts our data, that contradicts our assumptions, can just be dismissed because it doesn't fit. Now, on rare occasions, we will see a little bit of, of pushback that, that makes a difference. But for the most part, it's as if the concept of science, of reality, of, of an absolute truth is dead. And now we are set adrift on an ocean of ideas without a single fixed point to navigate by. And where does that lead, not just a nation, where does that lead a people? Where do you end up? Where do your children end up? 
when opinion supersedes fact. Well, I want to take a look at some of that because uh, we have some inklings, I think, some evidence uh, from the news today that, that gives us an idea of what our futures would look like as we continue down this, this path towards a, a religious fervor above a, a scientific and, and rational discussion. And if there's one place that, involved, that that seems to be completely antithetical to science and rational discovery, well, it has to be the sexualization of our children, including the uh, the perversions and, and the denial of reality that's known as transgenderism. Now, scholastic books, I don't know how many of you remember, but I remember when I was in school, scholastic books, right? We'd get a catalog and I'd take it home, and I'd look at books that I found interesting, and I'd go over with my mom and dad, and we'd figure out which books we were actually going to get, and um, you know, we, we could order these. And of course, then when the books showed up, oh man, there were books to read, and, and it, it, it was a big deal. It was a big part of the year to remember that. So um, now Scholastic had a... Uh, uh, they they decided you know they were going to create a group of books from um, we'll call them LG they call them LGBT authors and they said those of color. See they had this category they titled it share every story celebrate every voice. And uh, some of the titles may not have been so bad, but again some of them well really weren't child they were basically uh, child pornography. They were the sexualization of children. They were sexualized stories that were targeted at, again, young children. And again, these books were in a special section um, that schools could opt into. Do you want these books or not? You, you, could, you could have a choice. Well, apparently, they, they, they got a lot of pushback on that. That, that they had... Um, uh, uh, different groups that said, uh, hey, sequestering books on the topics risks depriving students and families of books that speak to them. Now, these books weren't banned. It was up to the school district. Do you want these in your book fair or not? But you see the idea of, of wait a second, um, depriving students and families of books that speak to them what about books that are harmful to them? Oh, we're not worried about that. You see, uh, uh, again, according to a statement from one of the groups that pushes back, they, they lay the blame on legislators and activists who are putting Scholastic and their publishers in an impossible bind when it comes to the distribution of diverse range of, bro of books. Well, remember, we are talking about books targeted at young children. We're not talking about books targeted adults. We're talking about books targeted at young children. And you know what? They should be deprived of certain books. There are certain things that are not age appropriate. And the last people who should be making that decision are a bunch of publishers who apparently are more interested in, well, the almighty dollar and their political correctness. Because now Scholastic said, you know what? We're going to stop this whole separate segment thing. I believe it means they're going to put those books in the general catalog. Meaning, if you're, you know, used to be, if you were in a school district that um, 
promoted these agendas. In other words, that would have students that might this might speak to, and the parents were okay with it. You could have these books, but if you had parents that didn't want child pornography in the schools, you didn't have to. But apparently that's not good enough anymore. No, no, no. We have to have, everybody has to be exposed to everything because some expert said so. It's just another reason why I don't. I never trusted my daughter in public schools, and why I, I I fear for people who trust their children to public schools. And for those who rationalize, saying, "Well, you know, we're we're, we're, we're this is book banning. This isn't book banning. This is making sure that the content in our public schools is age appropriate." But you see, they don't want to be told that this is not age appropriate. They don't want to be disagreed with. So they come up with this, oh, denying children to see the books, denying children books their parents don't believe they're ready for. The parents don't believe is appropriate for them. But there's even more. Uh, there's another, there's, um. apparently, there is a group of female athletes they participate in, in, in um, I guess, Brazilian martial art of jiu-jitsu. And they've come forward to say, you know what? The women's division has been taken over by dudes. In fact, one man took home four gold medals in the women's category. Now, again, this, how do you not recognize? How? In, in any athletic, do you not realize the physical advantage? For those you don't know, Jiu-jitsu is what's called a, a grappling uh, 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 type of, of martial art, meaning um, competitors, they grapple with each other. They're grabbing, they're pushing, they're throwing. They're trying to put them into positions where they will submit. So you have men, which have a natural biological advantage, greater muscle mass, greater, greater lung capacity, greater strength. And you're putting them head-to-head -head with Women. And you know what? The North American Grappling Association apparently doesn't care. They're not worried that they created a women's division specifically because women are not on par to compete with men in jiu-jitsu. They're not concerned that it'll be a lot easier for a woman to get physically injured going up against men who are generally bigger and stronger than they are. And in fact, according to one tweet, one post on X, um, it says the North American Grappling Association has revised their gender identity policy after a 135-pound female jiu-jitsu athlete was matched to compete against a 200-pound trans-identified male. Now, according to the, the NAGA, the North American Grappling Association, they said NAGA does not require biological women to compete against transgender women. Instead, we give the choice to the biological women, and if they decline, they compete in a division only with other biological women. Now, that said, there are women coming forward to say that, that NAGA has continued to pair women against, against men uh, without their knowledge and depriving them of the opportunity to opt out in many instances. See, policy doesn't mean anything if you don't actually follow it or enforce it. 
But this whole thing came up because a group of mentally disturbed people who got attention, liked it, and decided they wanted to grow have convinced multiple organizations to simply ignore reality, to, to look at science and say, no, 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 we're not going to bother with that. We don't care that there is a physical difference between the male body and the female body. Before puberty, it's not as noticeable, but it's still there. After puberty, it most definitely is there. And we're just going to ignore, we're going to pretend like it doesn't exist. Like you can simply, a man can simply be, be, become a woman because they say so. And it, we're not simply talking about sports or other activities. We are seeing states and school districts that are not only allowing the, the, uh, their students to, uh, the young people to um, change how they interact, how they present without informing the parents, without getting their consent. But in many cases, we're seeing states push harder and harder for children to mutilate their bodies, to pretend to be the opposite sex, again, often without parental consent. And this is being done by a medical system whose Hippocratic Oath starts with, I shall do no harm. There's one person, Isabel, uh, I'm not going to use her last name, but she's a 21-year-old female, and she's suing the American Academy of Pediatrics and her healthcare providers, uh, alleging that they conspire to uh, conspiracy, fraud, medical malpractice, in pressuring her to undergo gender transition surgery when she was a teenager. She alleges that uh, the American uh, Academy of Pediatrics published and disseminated a fraudulent 2018 policy statement that has been perceived by many as, a, as an authoritative guide by medical professionals to endorse the what they call the affirmative model for gender dysphoria. Now, to me, this is an, an interesting lawsuit because it really gets down to is it medical malpractice to say you can change someone from a man to a woman when all you're doing is amputating body parts and plastic surgery and other body parts? It'll be interesting. It's something to follow. But what these show is a divorcing of, of um, reality. I reject your reality and substitute my own. But in doing so, this not simply doesn't simply impact them. By having this become medical policy, we're not only harming people, we're literally destroying the very idea of science, of reality, uh, of the basis of reality itself. Pay no attention to what you see, to what you can prove. This person thinks this, so there you go. It must be true. And where does that leave us when truth is set adrift? on a sea of opinions, desires, and an unreality. It leaves us in a very dangerous place. And I don't just mean for the women in this world. I mean for all of us. Before I get onto that, though, I do need to take a break. Now, I want to remind you, please head to the website, constitutionstudy.com. I've got lots of information here. You can sign up for a mailing list. You can ask a question. If you have a question of anything I'm talking about here, you can ask it by just clicking the Ask a Question button. While you're at it, whether you're asking a question, joining the mailing list, checking out the articles, 
check out the Patriots program. Now, the Patriots program is an invitation-only program. To get an invitation, you have to pass the boot camp. Like any other boot camp, there's a little information that you need and some tools you can use to actually defend and assert your rights today. You pass the boot camp, you get the invitation, and the Patriots are where we are building the tools we need to do whatever Patriot program you want better. Meaning, if you're already in a group, I'm speaking to a a Tennessee Firearms Association group later today. Whether that's your thing, whether it's voting, whatever it is, that's what the Patriots are designed to help, to give you the education you need, the communication tools, so that we can share this information to build Minutemen. Men and women prepared at a moment's notice to rise to the defense of not only their rights, but their neighbors' rights. So check it out again. That's constitutionstudy.com slash patriots, or just click the Patriots button in the menu. Now, I don't know about you, I get to the end of some of these days and my mind is gone. So when I'm ready to boost my short-term focus and my long-term brain power, I reach for healthy cells, focus, and recall vitamins. That's right, vitamins. Not caffeine, not sugar, not drugs, vitamins. And they work really great. You can find out more at americaoutloud.shop. But as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order by using the code OUTLOUD at checkout. So please, check out AmericaOutloud.shop, check out Healthy Cell, put your card together, but when you check out, use that code OUTLOUD. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. 
shorten your day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands? What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. And today we're looking at the day science died. That's right. The scientific principle, the idea of you, you have a theory, you have a hypothesis, you test it, you observe the results of the test, and then you modify your hypothesis based on what you observe. In other words, we're not seeking to prove that we are right. We are seeking to find out if we are right or not. And if we're not, we're going to adjust it, our assumptions until we are correct. That, ladies and gentlemen, is dead. I don't mean it's literally dead, but it seems like less and less we're being driven by a, a, an observable reality and more by people's preferences, people's uh, assumptions. Now, how did we get here? I think in large part we got here when we stopped worshiping the truth, we started worshiping experts. And I'm not talking about religious worship, but it may, yeah, we kind of are talking about religious worship, right? Used to be, we wanted to find the truth. If you were in a group of people and there was a disagreement, you would seek the truth. You would argue, you would debate until you found the truth. More and more, it seems like we argue and debate to try and come up with tests that prove that we're right. And part of this has been this, this, religious fervor for the expert. Now, one of my core principles of the Constitution study is an expert opinion is still just an opinion. I don't care how many PhDs you have. I don't care what alphabet soup you have after your name. I don't care how many years you've been studying it. It is only an opinion until you have proof. The problem is when we put expertise above proof, we get people that saying, well, if you disagree with me, you're disagreeing with science because I am the science. You get people like that. We get quote unquote scientists that say, well, the consensus is as if consensus equal truth. And then you end up with uh, uh, statements like this. Now, th this is referred to as a scientific discovery by an expert in the field. Uh, this is Stanford University neurobiologist Robert Sapolsky. And he says, free will is a myth, and the sooner we accept that, the more just our society will be. Now, what is he basing this on? Well, he, 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 he published a, a book called Determined, A Science of Life Without Free Will. And in this, he says, if it's impossible for any single neuron or any single brain to act without influence from factors beyond its control, there can be no logical room for free will. Now, this has to be the most arrogant humanist claptrap I've heard in a long time, if ever. You see, first of all, a neuron 
doesn't have will. See, there's a distinction between the mind and the brain. The brain is the physical entity. It contains neurons, and information is stored by communication between the neurons. It's like saying, well, since the phone cannot decide which number to dial, the idea of, of choosing, of dialing a phone number is impossible. That's kind of what he said, right? You, took, you take a component of a system, since it can't do something, you assume that something doesn't exist. This is what goes for expertise. But it's, it's even more than that. Because look at this, there can be no such thing, no, there can be no logical room for free will. Well, that's interesting because it assumes that you have absolutely no choice, not in the, the impact, that, that, or the, the fact that um, other factors influence you, means you have no responsibility for how you react to them. Right? He says, since you, know, you, you cannot be influenced without uh, factors beyond your control, you have no responsibility for how you react to them. For example, this, by the way, is my example. Okay, um, you, take, you take a dozen people that are all born in single-parent households, poverty, go to the same school, some of them become drug dealers. Some of them become mechanics. Some of them will maybe get into construction or, or um, HVAC or electricians or plumbings, plumbing. Some of them might start their own business and may, through that business, become well, very successful. Now, according to uh, this quote-unquote scientist, I say quote-unquote because he's devoid of his statement here seems devoid of science. That only happened because well, this person had this idea. This this person must have had influences going that way. See, in his mind, there is no such thing other than what you can physically see and touch. So, if somebody has the desire to work hard and go to school, it cannot be that they've made a decision via their own will to work hard and go to school. It must have impacted from somebody else. This is right up there with Neil deGrasse Tyson saying something must be true because a consensus of scientists say it's true. Well, that's stupid. And in fact, that proves that the science is dying, if not already dead. I mean, I don't know how he went about coming to this conclusion, how he went about proving, quote unquote, proving his, his argument. But if me, I, I don't claim to be a scientist, but even I can see his theory is full of holes. So I don't know where he came to this. And I, here's the other thing. How many people are going to read this and say, well, gee, my life is not my fault. I mean, what we should call it. You know what we should do? We should call this, this the... Um, the, the Lando Calrissian, uh, for your Star Wars fans, the Lando Calrissian theorem that says, it's not my fault. Sure, you know, I ate nothing but, but uh, you know, Cheetos and burgers and milkshakes my entire life, and I died at the age of 40 having both my legs cut off from diabetes. 
It's not my fault because obviously I had no free will. I had no impact on that. I had no ability to actually decide for myself. You know what? I've been smoking for 30 years and, and you know I can't stop. It's not my fault. Or I was a drug addict for 30 years. Or I decided to go to college, but instead of studying, oh, I don't know, engineering, medicine, law, I decided to, to study underwater basket weaving. Or, or the, the uh, uh, women's studies. I love that one. Therefore, it's not my fault that I can't find a job because, well, I, yeah, sure, I chose that. And, oh, yeah, I chose to take $100,000 with the student loan debt to get my underwater basket weaving major with my uh, women's studies minor, and I can't get a job and pay it off. That's not my fault. And this guy's considered an expert, which means I know there are people that will follow what he says simply because um, he says there's no free will. And he's an expert. Here's, here's another example. Now, I have ridiculed the Nobel Prize system for well, years, if not decades. It was a great idea, right? Uh, it was Alfred Nobel invented the TNT, um, you know, made a lot of money in, in arms, decided he wanted his legacy to be something different. So he cre created this foundation to offer prizes. One of the prizes they currently offer is the is the Nobel Prize in Economic Sciences. And in 2023, the winner of the Nobel Prize in Economic Science was a Harvard professor, a Claudia Golden. And she got this prize for having an advanced our understanding of women's labor market outcomes. Now, in her study, she found that uh, the differences among men and women in the same profession widens after birth, the birth of the first child. Wow. Okay, so she figured out that you take a man and a woman, you follow their careers, they're in the same profession, same skills, similar education, they are in the same, you know, the, the ratio, whatever difference is, starts broadening after the first child is born. Now, here's where this goes from uh, a little bit of uh, duh, obvious, to scientifically stupid is it because claudia golden got the nobel economic prize for this discovery there's just one problem it was actually discovered 42 years ago by thomas Sowell. he noted how the dis disparity in earnings between men and women changed with the birth of the first child now Sowell looked at it and said well Women, since women are the one that give birth, I, I know that's, oh my God, you can't say it. So women give birth. Men do not give birth. Women breastfeed. Men do not breastfeed. This requires women to focus on something else. Something, by the way, I think is extremely important. None of us would be here without a mom. So he looked at it and said, the difference is not a question of sexism. It's a question of the biological need of the mother to uh, first give birth in, in the initial care of the child and the biological, I don't want to call it imperatives, the, the natural the, the difference between most men and women that leads women to be more nurturing and more focused on their child than their career. In other words, 
The women have made a choice. And like anything other choice, that choice has consequences. But no, 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 not Miss Golden. Oh, no, no, no. She said, quite frankly, it's the, the most disturbing part of this. The father, what she refers to as the fatherhood premium. Why is it that fathers are doing better than non-fathers, even though they have kids? Why is the fatherhood premium growing over time? She she refers to it as as a, as a fatherhood premium, as if you know the as if your employer says, "Oh, hey, you're now a dad. We're just going to give you more money," rather than noting what to me is obvious, and that is, a, a, women tend to choose family over career. They devote more time and more effort to it. And of course, uh, or at least more than a man does, therefore, they have gotten something better. The interesting thing about the, the, what he, the, she refers to the fatherhood premium is it completely discounts, disregards, and ignores the relationship of the father with the child. I, I remember when I was a relatively new father, my daughter was young, and there was some event going I don't even remember what the event was. There was some event going on, but there was a meeting at work. And one of the, my coworkers gave me some, some of the most precious advice I think I've ever gotten when it comes to being a father. He said, you know what, Paul? In 20 years, no one's going to remember if you went to that meeting. But your daughter will remember if you went to that event. See, this is what I mean by science being ignored. It, she ignores the biological science that say women have a greater physical demand in childbearing and, and an emotional penchant towards child rearing. Not all. As a general rule, we're generalizing this information. And she gets a Nobel Prize for being too Stupid to realize that the reason that it's not that fathers are getting paid more because they're fathers, that women have decided, you know what? Raising the next generation, having the next generation, raising the next generation is more important to me than a career and a paycheck. I mean, let's face it, the amount of time and energy required to bear a child is 99.9999999% born by the woman. The guy shows up for a few minutes, and that's it. That's all he has to participate in. And somehow she just completely ignores all that. And also, by the way, ignores the decision of a woman to decide, you know what, I, I'm going to be a mother. I want to be a mother. I want to invest the time and effort to be a mother. I want to invest in the raising of my child. She acts as if that has zero impact, zero value. You know, it's funny, friends of ours uh, just had a baby. I mean, the I think the baby's probably three weeks old. And, you know, it, you know of course, they've been friends. We've known about it. We've been talking about it. We've offered to help. But you know what? I, 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 there's nothing like the birth, in my case, of my only child. I, I still remember in the delivery room when they took the baby from mom and put her in the little, you know, the, the baby 
warming tray and they they cleaned her up and and all that and i'm watching because i was told another piece of advice if they separate mom and child stay with the child we were in the same room but i and at one point i'm looking they'd stop cleaning her up and she's lying there and she reached out and she grabbed my little finger her hand couldn't even get all the way around my little finger and she's making this little sound like she's clearing her throat and as I'm lost, I'm just lost in this, this creation. I, I, I cannot describe. If you're a father, you know what I'm talking about. I am utterly lost in this new being that I would give my life and everything for. And the doctor says, hey, she's talking to him. Because when I talked, she'd stop. But as soon as I stopped talking, she made this sound like she was clearing her throat. That is the most precious, got to be the, one of the most precious moments in my entire life. And apparently to Miss Golden, moments like that are worth absolutely nothing. Just as one man says, your thoughts don't exist, your will doesn't exist, the, to her apparently the raising of child is a, of children is of no value. I'm running a little late, so i got to jump off to a break. But before I go, I want to remind you to check out America Out Loud, not news, every day for the latest news and goings-on. Find the articles, the stories, the podcasts, the videos that interest you. Share them. Share them far. Share them wide. By sharing this information, you help us all as we try to secure the blessings of liberty. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop. Look for ASEA 
Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study today. We talk about we're talking about the day that science died, what we can learn from it, maybe what we can do about it. See, we've already talked about how science is being ignored. The very idea of an of a uh, an absolute truth, an object, uh, an objective reality, seems to have been lost. We we're, we're spinning around the toilet bowl, going down the tubes because we keep falling for this. We keep listening to experts when their data is not based in reality. We keep uh, uh, supporting this the things that are, are dem- demonstrably wrong. We keep trying to make physical what people the, people's mental illnesses. And you know what? People are really getting, there are some people that are really getting fed up. They're really starting to push back. For example, the, the fiction that... Uh, uh, the government, the federal government, does, I should, that the government doesn't have the right to control who crosses our border. The fiction that, um, guess what, the the Biden administration isn't uh, uh, isn't conspiring to subvert the rule of law. That uh, you know, simply ignoring, failing to ref- refusing to fulfill his oath to, to uh, execute the laws of the United States is okay. And of course, there have been plenty of consequences, right? You know, we've had years and decades of of uh, administrations doing this to one extent or another. We have, uh, you know, Texas and Arizona and California that have been dealing with these issues. Of course, when Biden came in, he basically all, did all but stopped enforcing the uh, the law. And of course, then states started saying, "Well, if you're sending, if you're going to expect us to deal with all of your mess." Because you won't do this, we'll send the uh, the uh, illegals, illegal aliens, uh, to your buddies' places. They send them to New York. To um, uh, they send them to um, uh, where is it? The, the Washington D.C., Martha's Vineyard. Well, one of the places they send them was Chicago. And of course, now these cities and these states are going. Oh my God, we're having to deal with a fraction of what the border states have to deal with. No mas, no mas. They're trying to find any way they can to house these people because they said we're sanctuary cities. We're welcome. Come on in. They literally told the world to send us your tired refuse. Granted, they were quoting the um, the the poem on the Statue of Liberty. They said they wanted them. Now they're having to deal with them. And again, one of those cities is Chicago. Now it's interesting because in New York City. Um, they 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 wanted to create uh, ten cities. Chicago said, "Hey, you know what we'll do? We're going to create these uh, homeless encampments. Basically, they want to create encampments they, to, to house. They call them migrants. They're aliens. They're illegal aliens. See, there's a ten acre lot that uh, in, in the uh, Brighton Park neighborhood that uh, again was going to be turned by city officials." In, into um, an, an encampment. There's construction crew showed up. And guess what? People showed up at a neighborhood meeting and they were not happy. 
uh, as one community member put it, uh, nobody asked us, nobody told us. We have a few thousand people here who signed their signature, and we said no. We said no. They're getting tired of it. In fact, one councilwoman, uh, an alderman, uh, Julia Ramirez, she went to the site, and uh, this is what she was met with. Now, unlike some of the other protests, this wasn't truly violent, although the alderman seemed very upset. She got escorted to a car and and uh, drove away. But uh, the people are saying, no, we've had enough of this. Whether it's the disregard for the law, whether it's the disregard for science and reality, or just plain, hey, disregard for the people you claim to represent. People are getting pissed off. People are, get, are fed up with it. Now, again, Chicago's not the only city dealing with New York City's been dealing with this for a while. Uh, they've tried to putting um, illegal aliens into hotels. That didn't work. They tried setting up tents. They want to set up tents in, uh, it was in Central Park, I think. They had wanted to set up a tent city. Kind of reminded me of Hooverville. Um, I don't know if that's worked. Now, you know what they want to do? <laughs> they want to give these people plane tickets. Please send them anywhere else, which is really funny for the um, for the, the mayor who claimed that New York was a sanctuary city would would welcome these aliens from another country, even though they broke the law getting here. See, it's those little details that keep getting lost. These people are alleged criminals. I'll even grant you alleged because they haven't had their day in court yet. But then again, they're not getting their day in court because, well, the many cases the federal government is just giving them dates to say, yeah, go walk away, you know, you know, see, you'll promise you'll show up. So you have um, uh, Chicago trying to create a an encampment. You have New York City, just like Martha's Vineyard did, uh, trying to, to shuffle this problem off to somebody else. No one's actually dealing with the problem. Well, I can't say no one. The federal government isn't dealing with the problem in any way, shape, or form. And that's a whole other discussion right there. But some places are starting to do something. Uh, for example, um, Arizona now have uh, deputies. The county sheriffs have deputies on the border. In fact, uh, sheriff's deputies from multiple uh, uh, counties are going to Cochise County to help deal with border securities because they're being overrun. Some people have called it an invasion. And of course, you know, it's it's funny how some people always point to uh, the poor family. They're just trying to get their way and they kind of ignore the, the, the drug cartels, the people on the terrorist watch list and all others that are coming along the border, across the border as well. But at least Arizona is standing up and doing something about it. Now, some people say, well, the, they can't do that. That's the federal government. Actually, no it's, it's, no, it's not. Read the Constitution. The United States has not delegated the power to regulate immigration. They can set standard rules for naturalization, but immigration is not a power delegated to the United States. And since that border in Cochise County is just as much an Arizona border as the United States border, they have every right 
to protect their border from illegal migration because it's a violation of the law. And guess what? Each and every one of those sheriff's deputies took an oath to support the Constitution of the United States. The fact that the sheriffs take that oath more seriously than the man at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue well, says not only, tells us not only about the man in that, in that particular location who lives, who lives there, but about the people who chose, who told their states to choose him to be the chief executive. And it's not just Arizona, folks. The Texas legislature just, legislature just passed two bills criminalizing illegal entry into the state. Specifically, illegal entry of migrants into the state. Now, House Bill 4, which passed 84 to 60, creates the criminal offense of illegal entry into or illegal presence in this state by a person who is an alien. Meaning, if you're already a citizen of the United States, this doesn't impact you one little bit. But if you're not here legally and you enter or, or are in uh, Texas, there's now a Texas law that they can enforce. Uh, the, the bill, which uh, is, is heading for the Senate, um, would make an act of attempting to enter the state from a foreign country at a place other than a legal port of entry a Class B misdemeanor, punishable by up to six months in jail. Uh, subsequent uh, felonies would be classified as a state jail felony. Not sure what that, what that would turn out to be. But earlier this month, uh, or sorry, last month, um, the Texas Senate passed SB 11, which also makes it illegal entry into Texas a Class A misdemeanor. And that one passed 1912. So here you have Texas saying, uh, we're done with this. We, we've had enough. You know, the, the, the first the states gave up the right to control their border when they just said, we'll let the feds do it. Well, now the states realize the feds ain't doing it and they're going to have to take it on for themselves. And I congratulate Texas for doing this. Texas has every right to determine how people who are, who are illegal aliens are treated within, the, within their state and how crossing the border into their a foreign border into their state, it, they can also criminalize that. And for all those who are now screaming, oh, Fourth Amendment or Fourteenth Amendment, Article Four, it's a violation. You can't deny someone. Um, I want to point out that it says citizens cannot be denied the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. Both of these bills in Texas aren't targeted at citizens; they're targeted at as aliens, people who not only are not um, citizens of the United States. But in the fourteenth, in the proper understanding of the Fourteenth Amendment, they are not subject to the United States because they're citizens of another land. In addition, Texas has been setting up razor wire on their southern border in an attempt to prevent illegal aliens from entering the United States, from aliens from entering the United States illegally. Uh, apparently, the Biden administration has been cutting the uh, the razor wire in, in this, and now. Attorney General Paxton is suing the federal government. 
uh, reading from the lawsuit, by cutting Texas's concertina wire, the federal government has not only illegally destroyed property owned by the state of Texas, it has also disrupted the state's border security efforts, leaving gaps in Texas's border barriers and damaging Texas's ability to effectively deter illegal entry into its territory. Texas brings this lawsuit to end this ongoing unlawful practice, which undermines its border security effort. This court can and should enjoin the federal defendants from continuing to destroy and damage private property that is not theirs without statutory authority and in violation of both state and federal law. So there are some examples of people pushing back that, that are saying, <laughs> we're not going to ignore reality. We're not going to ignore the law. We're not going to ignore truth. We are going to do something. Sadly, it seems to me, they're still relatively few and far between. It doesn't mean they're not more out there. I believe there's probably a lot of people that agree, but they're unwilling or afraid to stand up and say something. And that's actually part of the reason I created the, the, the Patriots program, is I wanted to educate people on some of the tools they have, some of the, the evidence that you don't have to follow these, these, un, these unconstitutional laws. You, you know, you don't have to, you have to recognize that just because President Biden says something doesn't mean it's constitutional. It doesn't mean you have to listen to it. That, that you know, um, it, just because Congress passed a law and created a department doesn't mean it legally exists. And you can find out more by going to constitutionstudy.com slash patriots, or just click the patriots button on the top of the, on the menu at top, and you'll find out more about the patriots program. This, by the way, is an invitation-only program. To get into this program, to get the invitation, you have to pass the boot camp. But again, all the information is there. So the question is, back to the American people. As we see science on life support, as we see the concepts of reality and truth on, on death's door, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to do anything about it? Are we going to sit back and watch the different groups get taken down one by one, just as uh, uh, Martin Niemöller described during World War II? You remember his poem. First they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. That's where we are, folks. They're coming for those who believe in, oh, I don't know, biology. Are you going to say nothing because, well, you don't want that fight? They've, they've come for those who um, uh, believe in, in science and data and, and the rule of law. Are you going to say nothing? Are you going to say nothing because you're not a, a scientist or because you don't believe you have a right to say anything? Are you going to say nothing while they go after while they, they they go after others with illegal aliens? Or are you going to stand up and say something? I know it's frightening, it's scary because you think you're the only one. You're not. Based on what I've seen, you're not. But somebody has to stand up first. I've stood up here. I come here five days a week to tell you what's going on to show you what's going on, and I've told the stories. And if you want me to tell them again, let me know. Go to constitutionstudy.com, ask a question, say, Paul, will you tell the stories about 
about uh, when you stood up. Again, I'll be happy to. But we've got to stand up. And it's not the first person. The first person to stand up, that's really scary because you think you're all alone. What I really need is I need people that will be the second and third person to stand up. When we find that person brave enough to stand, who's going to stand with them? When I went to my sheriff to make sure that he would defend the rights of my, of, of my family and my neighbors, he said, yes. My first response was, what can I do to help you? I will stand with you as you protect our rights. Are you willing to stand? Do you even know if your sheriff will protect your rights? See, as we, we're seeing science and reality at this door, it's time for extraordinary measures. I don't mean violence. I simply mean people brave enough to stand up and tell the truth. Not to the politically correct nonsense, not to the, the uh, properly uh, you know, configured woke nonsense. I mean the truth. Not social truth, not political truth, not uh, uh, racial truth, just plain truth. And as Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And hopefully you'll use that to come back here for the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. All the episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. You can listen in your favorite podcast app, but please subscribe to the program. Leave the episode's ratings and reviews, especially on Apple. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage of AmericaOutloud.news. But please, don't keep this to yourself. Share them. Share the link. Share the news. Let other people know there are others out there that will stand with them. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how we share the blessings of liberty.